Hello and welcome to the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith as we share how to get your girls to understand the importance of the mental game. Because we as coaches know how crucial it is, but that does not mean that our players will get it as quickly as we'd like them to, at least. So we've identified six simple yet impactful mindset shifts to get them over that hump and on their way to unstoppable mental toughness. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mental Sweet Spot podcast. I'm here with Alicia to share a new epiphany we've had, and I'm so excited to share it with you all because we've been working on this for a while, trying to share all these things that we found are super helpful for our players and our teams and honestly, ourselves (laughs) as the leaders of these (laughs) girls. Um, Yeah, you know. Um, And finally, we're starting to realize, okay, these are the steps we need as coaches to get our players from where they are now to where we know they could be. So we've talked about our culture boot camp and the dream team blueprint. And then we were trying to figure out how to get people from there to all the mental training we do. We have covered the seven C's before. We've got full courses on each, but what we found was that it was kind of overwhelming for coaches to do on their own. To be honest, it took us years to like really hone in on the messaging and getting the girls bought in. And the biggest thing we are finding is that it's hard for us coaches who know the power of the mental game to bring our girls on board and get them bought in and like ready to learn and ready to go. So now I'm going to share this new thing with you. We're calling it the flip your script challenge. Firsthand proof of the power of the mind with six simple flips. So as we go through this, you'll see how you can just help your girls make these simple mindset shifts, just shift their perspective a little bit, flip it on its head, and then they can see, wow, okay, I really can do a lot with my mind. Because oftentimes it takes a bad experience to get someone to finally take action. I know that was my experience. I was, what, 14 when I was first introduced to the mental game? And I should have been on board then. I was being taught by Division One players who learned from one of the best sports psychologists in the business and still didn't get it. And finally, it took to my junior freaking year of college ball, <laughs> like struggling, couldn't figure out to finally see it. Or best case scenario, it's the kid's parent or coach who went through that situation who forces them into it. And then it takes longer. So like, that's you and me now, Alicia. It's like, we make our girls do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but can right, you talk exactly. about the process? So far, like before we started doing all these, um, basically the consulting, how was it trying to get your girls bought in? Um, I think at first it was, it was a little bit harder just because it was so new when I very first started doing it, right? So I first started doing it for the first time. They started hearing it for the first time. Uh, I had to spend an enormous amount of time trying to find resources and develop the notebook, which we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was super time consuming. And I had to kind of, um, I really had to, to, you know, trial and error, what worked, what didn't. Um, I had to kind of implement and learn at the same time yeah. you know, as I went along. And mm-hmm. I think that that was probably one of the most difficult challenges, right, was to implement and learn uh, together and then try to just see what worked and what didn't and what resonated with them and what didn't. And uh, after several years of trying to 
I guess, hone it, right? And then, and then on top of that, you have a different team with different personnel every single <laughs> right. year. Um, not, there isn't one surefire thing that works with everybody all the time. So you really have to spend time having uh, to really get to know them and figure out what works. And that takes time. And before you know it, sometimes your season is over. So I think that was the biggest challenge for me. Mm-hmm. I can so relate. Like got like super amped in the middle of my uh, first year of coaching. <laughs> Thought I like knew everything from reading a book. Mm -hmm. trying like guys you should all believe this and I was just like found it a bit and then like keep moving forward got my master learned a lot more learning how to implement it and I think that was just that was the point was once our confidence was up there and we we felt secure and like oh yeah we know how this stuff works and I know how to explain it in multiple ways even sometimes Uh, I think that's Mm -hmm. when I was finally able to get like everyone on board quick think that that's exactly what happened right so like yeah you just after in time or after a a period of time you realize that there are certain things working and then the language that you're using is is hitting you know hitting them and they're understanding it in a way that uh they can translate it to the field yes absolutely so i think like that is what our culture boot camp is about if y'all haven't heard of it yet go to culturebootcamp.com um, we talk about it all the time because I'm super excited about it, but that's getting that common language down. So they have a really clear reference of what we're going for on this team this year. And it's from their language and from their desires and needs. Um, but the next piece of it is how to get them to build confidence, to be able to bounce back from mistakes, to be able to focus when it counts and not have those snowball innings. So... I've finally narrowed it down to six simple flips that they can make. So I want to go through these and Alicia, I want you to just throw in your thoughts on how this has helped your team, specifically the last like five or so years when you've really been able to uh, teach it to them. All right. So the first flip we want to make is all about being competitive. So you guys know our C's, but this one is from attitude and sass to straight up kicking booty. (laughs) <laughs> so I couldn't go away. I really like that one just because you're so creative with your words and um, a skill that I definitely don't have. But I think that uh, that one, that one, the most important thing for, for me to translate to the kids was competing kind of with themselves, you know, mm-hmm. to get better every day and, and then translate that to the bigger picture. Yeah. So if you can focus on yourself and getting better every single day, that translates to a better team, which translates, translates to a more competitive team and a more confident team at, at the end of the day. But I think that that's really where um, those very simple flips of you've got to compete every single day with yourself to get better. And, and then on top of that, giving them the tools and the support from the coach's standpoint that's needed in order to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I think once you get them to see that, like that's when competing becomes fun, even though it's not always fun mm-hmm. to lose or suck or have a bad day. Um, it is always fun to get back through it and see yourself get over the hump, that kind of thing. It, it really is. And I've seen teams make that flip when it just becomes, when it, when it becomes fun again and they're not, you know, and we're going to get into some of the other seeds and they're all intertwined. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think when you can really just give the kids the support to, to really focus on competing with themselves and getting better every day. Uh, one of the things I like to tell my kids is never settle. 
Like mm. don't settle for that average practice or that average drill. Don't settle for that. You're better than that. And I know you can do it. And when you start to use, like, that's just the phrase I use is don't settle. And I think that uh, I've had many conversations with kids. Uh, for example, uh, you hit a, you hit a ball into the gap uh, and right center and you take your first five or six steps out of the box and they're kind of slow. And then you realize, Oh, maybe I can get a triple. And then you pick it up and you get thrown out at third or you only end up at two. Well, mm -hmm. that's just, you're just settling because you're not giving everything you've got to compete, right. To get to the third base right out of the box without even thinking. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it only takes one conversation with a kid and uh, using that phrase, don't settle mm -hmm. for that. That's, that's not okay. Cause you're better than that. And then from then on, I've seen kids never do it again. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the, because they understand that. So I think that that's the, that's just, like I said, my phrase and, and it works really well, but I also have heard uh, kids in huddles say that. You know, so that's a common language within our program, which is really cool. Um, don't settle for that. That's not okay. We're better than this. And that's really when you know that the things that you're saying and doing are sinking in. Yeah. And yeah, I am a hundred percent believer. Competitiveness can be taught. So we got you guys. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. The next one from easy to break to impossible to shake. This one's all about confidence. So tell me about this one for your girls. This is always, a, I think, the hardest one um, mm -hmm. because it translates to everything, right? And especially with the age group of young females that we're coaching. And I think it's really, we understand as coaches that it's very fragile and that it varies from uh, day to day, week to week, month to month, uh, hour to hour sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think that when, when you can understand as a coach the, the body language and the things that affect that confidence. Again, I truly firmly believe um, that a coach can really have a positive impact on the confidence by, by the positive uh, encouragement that is always given, mm -hmm. right? For the effort and praising the effort. And with that, I think eventually comes the confidence in themselves not to fail. Again, we'll talk a little bit about that in a couple of upcoming seasons because again, they're all intertwined. I really believe that, but um I think when you can really come down to it, just the awareness mm -hmm. uh, of what you as a coach are saying to yourself in your head mm -hmm. allows you to really understand and give the awareness to the players or what, what are they saying to themselves? Are they beating themselves up constantly? Because we all have players that do that. Mm -hmm. um, but when you can at a bare minimum have that awareness that not only of what you're saying, but how it can impact your performance, that is, that is step one. And if you can simply make uh, you're self-aware that helps translate into allowing your kids to kind of be aware of what's going on really makes a big impact right on, on mm -hmm. the field. And I think mm -hmm. that that's, that's one of those things where it's just small. Like when you run that exercise by the kids, like, wow, I never even really realized I was beating myself up so much or mm -hmm. saying that to myself, but I say it all the time. It, it, it becomes commonplace. And then if you really dig deep, some kids say that to themselves in school when they don't get a good grade on their test and, that can really be when, when kids are really beating themselves up constantly, it's, it's no wonder their shoulders are down and, and one little thing sends them to a tailspin sometimes. And it breaks my heart when you see that, but mm. I fully believe as a coach, you have the ability to really start to understand and get in there and get in their head in the right way, right. To, mm -hmm. to help them change and make that focus uh, to be on a different, different language. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And what you're talking about is the biggest thing that helped me. Because confidence has always been my issue, and it still 
freaking bothers me, but now I can catch it with that awareness you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've split the two kinds of confidence in my head. Like that, that fragile kind that goes up and down with no reason sometimes <laughs> drives me mm-hmm. bonkers. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I lost my confidence. Like that is one type <laughs> of confidence. And we want to shift that focus back to the unshakable pieces of ourself, the effort, the attitude, the things I've already done and proven to myself. Like if we can shift back to that, I think it really helps on those low confidence days. It, it really does. And I think, I truly believe as a coach, in order to teach it, you got to understand, you not only have, oh, it's not about yeah. understanding the material. It, it's about having these, these transformations yourself and really kind of having gone through the process and, and being confident coach. Right. Oh yeah. And it, it, it's not outwardly, it's not the outwardly confidence I'm talking about because as coaches, we see that all over the place. Mm-hmm. Right. When we're, we're coaching, um, and you go to a tournament and you can see outwardly confidence all the time, but what it really comes down to is, is the inner confidence to be able to not only, you know, teach these kids, you know, how to become more confident and how to be competitive, but also just the confidence and understanding them. And I mm-hmm. think when you can start to make those small adjustments in yourself, then that, that goes a long way with helping your kids. Mm. Preach. I love it. <laughs> I can't wait to get back in the field. I feel like I'm so much more confident now. Thanks to finding you and our podcast and all of our sweet spotters. So here we are. All right. Next up, uh, talking to the sea of composure from feeling small to standing tall. (sighs) Okay. Picture after a terrible performance. This is what I'm talking about here. So how has this panned out for your girls from like immediately shrinking with their body language to getting quiet to even if it was a rough mistake or a game losing error, standing tall despite of it. You know, I think that just goes to really the culture at Matawan and things that we've done for so long, but it takes time, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, especially as a freshman, when you come in, like that's, that's just devastating. But when you have, um, when you have a circle of, of girls that, that will stand tall with you and say, mm-hmm. it's okay. You know, and I think that really support and the understanding that, hey, you gave it everything you got, you had at, on that play and, and mm-hmm. we believe in you and it's okay. Um, and I think that that's really what what I'm most prideful of, I think, with the program is that that translates down from year after year after year and everyone comes in, all the freshmen come in with all of these huge expectations and all these, I've got to mm-hmm. do this, I've got to do that. And then you have the seniors that say, you just got to try your best. Like as long as you're given everything you've got on every play, we're okay with the result. And mm-hmm. I think that that's okay. To, and, and, and I love that about, about the girls because I say it all the time, but it's kind of like the parent who says the same thing to <laughs> yes. the kid over and over and over <laughs> and they don't do anything. And then the, yeah. you have one coach that says one thing. And all. So I think that that's what's really so helpful is that from my standpoint, I praise and preach effort constantly and not, and we don't talk about the outcome. So therefore, when the outcome isn't what they wanted, then it, it, it hopefully in turn isn't, isn't as devastating if it's not the outcome they want. Um, mm-hmm. It's always going to be devastating when it's a senior or a season ending loss or, yeah. you know, something or a big play. Mm-hmm. But I think when you can take the time to reflect as a coach of where you've come uh, from, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season and the progress the girls made, 
that's what I always, I'm always surprised about. And that's the things, the types of things I can focus on with them. And they always, always get to the point where they can get reflect back on there and on that same journey. Right. As, mm-hmm. as well. And when they do that themselves is so cool. It's so yeah. cool. Cause it's not about the wins. And I think when they can really truly believe that because they see it from the coaching staff, mm-hmm. like we, we live and breathe that and we believe that to the, to our core and then that's okay. You know, th- mm-hmm. then it becomes okay. In the, not in the moment because right. they care so much and that's okay, right. but it be, they care right. so much and, and it isn't mm-hmm. okay in the moment for me either. You know, no. like, like the season ending loss we had a couple years ago with the bet, with the call. I um, still feel that. And right I just now. heard it through you. <laughs> <laughs> like I was devastated for mm-hmm. a really long time in it, but I kept coming back to but look how far we come. Mm-hmm. Look how far we came during that whole entire season and what they, the grit and the amount of effort and the fact that they, wow, that was a great game. Mm-hmm. And when you can really kind of take, take that step back and you can share that with your players mm-hmm. a few months later, a few years later, they can then start to talk about that too. So mm-hmm. I think that that's really, really what's important to me as a coach. And I think not only speaking it, but living those actions uh, and having those kids kind of filter that through me as they get older down to the younger kids is what's so awesome to see. Yeah. Ah, I love that. That one gets me pumped because <laughs> I think composure is one of those things people get, <laughs> it comes from emotion and feeling like you've let everybody down mm-hmm. and then people get emotional because I feel like they can't help you. And so you get in trouble for being emotional. <laughs> like it's this mm-hmm. big emotional snowball at times. So I love that idea of getting the whole team to stand tall. Like we got you, we're not judging you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I tell my kids all the time and I don't actually even need to tell them how emotional I am. Right. I'm a super <laughs> emotional coach. And like, there's no, there's, it's okay. It's okay to feel these things. It's okay to be emotional. It's okay to be pumped up. You know, there's certain things that are not okay. Like you know, yeah. get an umpire, of course, but, <laughs> but I right. think that playing with emotion, if that is who you are, do it. Mm-hmm. And and when, when you give your kids permission to do that in a positive way, I firmly believe there's such, such a, so much fun comes out of that. I think about my shortstop that didn't, you know, get her senior season this year, like many people didn't, but she mm-hmm. is so emotional when she get does something like the team does something well or something goes well in the field or, you know, and that wasn't always there you know, as a freshman and a sophomore, that wasn't always there, but she got a little older, she got a little more confident that started to come out. And I encourage that because that's, it's fun and it's mm-hmm. expressive. And as long as it's done in a, in a, you know, with, with, with sportsmanship and all these mm-hmm. other things clearly. But I think when they get to play with that passion, it is so much fun. And it's so much fun to watch them and kids feed off that the team feeds off that in such a positive way. And it may or may not start with me. And that doesn't really matter but I don't, I don't apologize for my emotion and I don't apologize for the way I coach because I, that is who I am. So I try to, I guess I try to uh, have the kids, encourage the kids to do that, right? Play, mm-hmm. play like who you are, be who you are. And it's all okay. Mm-hmm. I love that. Ah, okay. <sighs> Next one. <laughs> From it is what it is to it's what you make it. This is about being in control. Mm-hmm. Talking about controllables and all that kind of good stuff. So what's your experience with this one? I, I think sometimes this is one of the hardest ones. Um, it can also be one of the hardest ones for coaches, but I think it's one of the hardest ones for the players because mm-hmm. we, we have a tendency to focus on all the things that are uncontrollable 
um, because there's so many of them, right? The controllables, right. if you it's think about controllables <laughs> versus the uncontrollables, it is definitely the majority. And then I think that that's what's really tough sometimes is to really, especially when sometimes you know what, to be honest, and to be frank, we're in an environment where everyone does focus on the uncontrollables. And we yeah. like to point fingers. We like to blame others. We don't like to take responsibility. And I think that that's, that's what we see a lot, right? And I think that that is a very difficult thing to change the focus on. But mm-hmm. it has to start with you as a coach. You have to be able to con- uh, focus on the controllables yourself, right? Which is uh, not, not only controlling their them, performance, coaches. Which is not controlling <laughs> their performance, 100%. <laughs> you know, and I think when you can realize what those real controllables are and you can really focus on those things, I think is when uh, you, can, you can model it, but then mm-hmm. also begin to really have those discussions with those kids, right? So mm-hmm. umpires are con- uncontrollable, uh, always have been and always will be. So for example, when you're, when you're thinking about the umpires, right, that's the, one of the biggest uncontrollable factors oh, of the yeah. game. And you see players lose it, parents lose it, coaches lose it, everyone loses it, right? So I think that <laughs> in the moment, that's one of the most difficult things, I think, as a coach, right, to control your emotions <laughs> under that particular situation. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not always going to be perfect. And that's really not, that's really not what we're talking about is perfection. Right. So, mm-hmm. but it's just really recognizing uh, that's a complete, I mean, we talked about that one same game that we talked about, right. Mm-hmm. I lost it. Mm-hmm. Completely lost it. And uh, that's totally, that's part of it. Right. So it's not about being per- perfect. It's about being in those teachable moments and really, really gearing the focus on the controllables. And realizing that those uncontrollables are always going to come at you. That's how do you react to them is really kind of what we try to teach, teach the kids and teach myself every yeah. single day. I got to, I got to remind myself of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're right. You can't control the performance. You, you can't. And, um, but what you can teach your kids is they can control their reaction, their focus and their effort and the things that matter. Mm-hmm. And here's a big hint that really helped me. If you're finding yourself getting really frustrated about something, like, God, it's just so frustrating. You can't find a way around it. You're usually focusing on an uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. Almost always. It, I guarantee I, I would probably, you know, kind of see the same thing in myself if I, if I made that same assessment in the moment. Mm-hmm. In the moment, it's hard, but maybe like a couple moments after. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So here's another good one. From afraid to fail to fearless and free. So this next one's all about being courageous. Ooh, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I again, this this kind of goes back to what I was saying about having the older kids help the young kids stand tall, right? So I think mm-hmm. it's really about playing fearlessly. And I think we use that phrase all the time in Adawan, and it means something to us in a different way that it may mean to somebody else. But really what it means is just not... Is, is having the courage, right, of not fearing to fail mm-hmm. and realizing that it's going to be okay and that you are going to fail time and time and time again. But really when you try to take the focus of the act or the outcome to what you actually learned in that moment, mm-hmm. that, that allows the players to learn to become, you know, fearless and to be able to accept uh, mistakes and accept failure as okay and really just make it a lesson if you if I can really just learn a lesson from this and I will challenge you every second of every practice to play that way and I do, and it's okay to fail I want you to fail and I tell them that over and over and over again 
but I always mm-hmm. applaud the effort. Mm-hmm. And I think when you can focus on that yourself, first and foremost, um, even though you're not physically playing, right? As mm-hmm. a coach, we learn so many lessons every single day, especially the ones that, you know, the hardest losses, the worst seasons. But then when we can really focus on, on the lessons that we learned, I've learned, I think, the the hardest or the best lessons, I should say, not the hardest lessons, but the best lessons from the most God-awful season. Mm-hmm. And in that, it sucks in the moment. But if you don't take the time to learn from them, then that's a wasted opportunity to learn and grow. So, you know, that's a constant conversation in practice every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, but when a kid dies for a ball and they miss, great effort. And there's a lot of cheering that goes on from the, from the team, right? Because that's mm-hmm. just, again, goes back to the culture, right? So, yep. but, but you have a lot of tentative kids, especially freshmen that come in into my program yeah. for whatever reason, either aren't taught to dive or they're afraid to, and most likely afraid to, because either they got hurt or they weren't taught, you know, before or weren't taught correctly on how to do it. Mm-hmm. But then again, it comes almost always back to really the fear of missing it, right? And the fear mm-hmm. of looking stupid. And that's what you've got to get over. And that's what, it might take a half of a season to get a freshman to die, boy, but yeah. the first time they do, and they do it with everything they've got, instead of that little <laughs> half kind of like on the knees and stretching oh, out, I hate that boy, one. does the team go crazy. I, I do too. It. I would rather you just not even try. I get nervous when they do that one because that looks like you're gonna just snap something. <laughs> I I know we're like it's like belly belly flopping into a pool. Oh. <laughs> it's like that would hurt. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Your school house. So that, that's better. really what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's really <laughs> what about it is because I can I'll call out a player. I'm like that was ninety percent effort right there. Not okay. I want hundred percent because mm-hmm. you you were just tentative enough. Where I could, where where was the difference between making the play or not? And then that's not mm-hmm. what I want for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, challenge them. And that's what we do. We just challenge, 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 uh, and praise effort, 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 and get them to understand. And you ask them, did you go all out? And they're like, mm, not quite. Yeah, I could, I could tell. Mm-hmm. But as a coach, you've got to be willing to do the same thing, right? You've got to be courageous enough to try stuff, and even if it fails, learn from it and you know tweak it. And that's what we're always doing. But I think when you're taking those extra leaps, right? Whether you're investing in yourself, whether you're you know, and we've even had the same thing in the business, mm-hmm. right? Where we we weren't confident enough to invest in ourselves because we for whatever reason, mm-hmm. right? But but we've just we took leaps of faith. And we invested in ourselves to make ourselves better because we want to be able to help other coaches, right? And that's, mm-hmm. that's obviously the whole point of what we're doing here, uh, helping other people uh, teach this stuff because it's not easy. And I think that that's also really, really important that the coaches, again, understand. I believe firmly you can only teach it when you go through it yourself and you really are, are dedicated to, to these types of things, right, to be able to mm-hmm. help your kids. Yep. And like we're, we're, we go through it with them, you know, in our own way. So I think just accepting that and yeah. working through it is the best way to do it. Absolutely. All right. We got to the final one. So we, we learned all these awesome things. We made these great flips, but now we got to be more consistent. So we're going to go from winging it to bringing it. <laughs> so this to me is just like doing everything with purpose. How has this mm-hmm. kind of played out with your girls? I think it started for me as a coach when I started having practices that were purposeful. I remember very early on in my career, 
I mean, I, I'm not saying coaches do this now, but I'm just speaking for myself personally. Mm-hmm. My first few years of my career, I would show up to the field and I was co-head coaching with a good friend of mine. Uh, and we'd look at each other, what do you want to do today? And there was, you know, <laughs> oh, well, we should probably do ground balls and hit and let's do that. And, you know, which blows me away now because of my detail <laughs> practice went down to the minute. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, but I think what's really important to understand is it's not just a practice plan down to the minute on a spreadsheet that makes, mm-hmm. makes it purposeful, right? Uh, it, it has to be purposeful in the, in the drills and, and what you're working on. And, and every single thing that we do is tied somehow to a mental skill, mm-hmm. right? And when you can really be purposeful in your planning, does it take time? Yes. Uh, but does it pay off in the end? I think uh, hands down, absolutely. So I think that when you can be purposeful in the things that you're doing, uh, mm-hmm. And connect that with with the kids. They've got to mm-hmm. understand why they're doing it, and when they can understand the reason behind why you're doing it, uh, one, they'll give you more effort, and two, they start making those connections a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Especially today's generation. Like I even had this conversation with my husband. Uh, he's like, "God, this one employee just always questions me, and it drives me bonkers." Like, mm. it's mm-hmm. for, to them, it's less about questioning you like to us it's like are you questioning my authority just just to believe me i have your best interest at heart <laughs> but to mm-hmm. them it's just it's just the understanding because i like, think of their world they can google anything mm-hmm. but it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean they're going to get back <laughs> the thing that the right thing mm-hmm. or the thing that's most helpful mm-hmm. um so i think it's really cool just like to have a purpose it doesn't have to be perfect that was another problem of mine I wanted to make sure mm. every line item <laughs> was like super detailed. And then it was just like one thing changes on the practice plan and like that all goes down the drain, but just being purposeful and people say mindful is another way to put it. Just aware of your surroundings mm-hmm. and always linking it back to, okay, what did these girls say they're here for? what did they say they want? Let's tie it mm-hmm. back into that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, and you can tie it back into the fundamentals or or a, mm-hmm. or a softball skill, yes. right? And I think that, but but yeah, you are totally right. I think that ge- this generation, right, is really wants to know why, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Does it drive us crazy when they ask questions? Yes, of course. <laughs> but they just want to know why. My mm-hmm. daughter, who's eleven, if I if I shoot her uh, like a text on her iPad, I'm like, hey, can you can you give me a call real quick or you know whatever? Well, why? <laughs> Cause I want to, I want to talk to you, but well, what do you want to talk about? Well, if you just call me, well, you'll figure that out. Like, it's just, but it's like the, the little kids like, why, why, why? <laughs> but really, I, I think it's just understanding that that's how they think and that's how they are is, is okay. But, but, but not only understanding that's what they need is that they need to know why, but that's how you make that connection, mm-hmm. right. Of, of what you're doing and, and why you're in, you're asking them to do this. There's a reason behind it. So share it and things will go a lot more smoothly for you. And I think that that's really what um, we've done at, you know, every single day at practice. Like for example, when I have my kids uh, stretch and, you know, do their warm ups, not the throwing, but just the stretching and the dynamic stuff, they're mm-hmm. allowed to talk about whatever they want to. But as yeah. soon as they start throwing and warming up throwing, I don't ask them to be all coordinated with all the glove pops and everything. <laughs> but what I ask them to do is be, is to be focused on their warm up. Mm-hmm. And the reason I tell them that is because if you're focused on your warm up and focused on your throwing, when you get to our defensive, because we always start with defense, that's just mm-hmm. what we do. When we start with defense and we get on the, on the field and we start a team defense, 
you are then automatically, you don't have to get more focused or focused right. in order to throw because you've always done it. So now your throws are better on defense. So, mm-hmm. that, okay, that's all, that's all they need to know is the why. And it is very easy to know when they, when they aren't, uh, when sometimes they slip because somebody said something about something that, oh, yeah, and they start, I can hear it. Sometimes I'll just let it go. Uh-huh. I won't. I won't ask them to refocus because then they come on the field and throw her all over the place. And then I'll phone them and I'll ask them, and it's a very, very easy thing to connect to. Yeah, that's the perfect segue. I was about to bring it on back to the very first flip we make before all of these, bringing it back to our boot camp because you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's perfect. Like. This is, guys, this is why we have the culture boot camp is because I have learned from Alicia mm-hmm. that was what I was missing at my last job and I can't wait to go back because <laughs> then it'll be complete. Uh, but the first flip they need to make is from we over me, like wanting to do all they can for the team to me for we. That's exactly what she's mm-hmm. talking about. Like know why I do it and how what I'm doing can help this bigger purpose. Cause that's what they want. They love being mm-hmm. a part of a team. They love working for something bigger and being a part of something bigger. I, I know we, we talk about the, like the travel ball culture being so selfish. Like, well, Hey, we adults kind of sh- shaped it that way, but it is a simple mm-hmm. flip. Even at travel ball mm-hmm. when you're recruiting and it is stressful for the individual athlete, if we can get them to flip to me for we, Oh, the options are endless. Mm-hmm. They really are. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. And I think that that uh, starts with you as a coach, though, right? You've got to under, mm-hmm. you've got to make some small shifts. And and I'm I really believe firmly believe that small shifts make huge differences oh. in not only your mentality as a coach, but also as as an individual player and as a team. And that, my friends, is what we call a mic drop. Totally did not tee that up for her, but it's exactly the message I hope you guys take away from this episode. The mental game is a big topic and can sometimes seem overwhelming, but if you break it down into small flips like these, you'll start to see your girls take strides forward right away. So if you're ready to have the sort of mentally tough, united team culture that Alicia has cultivated with her program, I encourage you to check out the Softball Coaches Culture Bootcamp, where you'll learn how to help your girls make that very first flip me for we to learn more about what we'll be covering in the boot camp and how we'll be tapping into the expertise of the university of michigan staff head to culturebootcamp.com that is it for today thank you again for joining us feel free to reach out at any time with questions on twitter or to mail at mentalsweetspot.com and please share this with any of your friends who want to build mentally tough teams too we appreciate the help getting the word out until next time have a good one